Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan on a Sunday afternoon. If you're listening for the first time, I'm Sally Golden, your presenter of the show. And Out of the Pan is a show knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, and that's knowing no boundaries in or outside the envelope. If you want to get in touch with the show, there's lots of ways to do it. Um, you can text on six one four zero one zero seven eight nine eight one. You can um, also um, look for me on Twitter, at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. Facebook, Sally Goldner, or Out of the Pan, or email, outofthepan855 at gmail.com. For those listening on a Sunday, thanks thanks also to the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news, as they do every Sunday morning from 11.30 till noon. Well, all sorts of people need to take the town. Sometimes they don't get a space in the town, and today I'm really excited to have four people, I'll say, from and connected to the Melbourne Aces talking asexuality, um, and it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot, and I think that's really cool, so I might just go around and do a name intro first, if I could. Um, I'm Catherine. Catherine? I'm Emily. Emily? I'm Adele. I'm Jordan. And Jordan. Um, peeps, thanks for coming in. I just, you know, it was... I. How this came about for me, I saw your group in Pride March, and I think that sort of visibility is important. I thought, you know, I've heard this word, and I admit I don't know a lot about it. So that seems like a good place to start, doesn't it? Um, might sound incredibly obvious. What is asexuality? And perhaps we might also ask what it isn't. So um, let's get um, an opinion from any, any or all who want to answer on that. Um, sure. So essentially, the stock standard definition of asexuality is um, not experiencing sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the sort of blanket statement. But they, uh, there are a lot of misconceptions that come up about that. So yeah, yeah, I think it's important to note that asexuality doesn't mean that you don't have any sexuality at all. It doesn't mean non-sexual. It just mm-hmm. means that you're not attracted and don't want to have sex with anyone. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I, I, can I play, put my tongue firmly in cheek and be mm-hmm. hair-splitty and say sex as in terms of intimacy intercourse or does it vary or how much does it vary for everyone that sort of thing oh well i feel like there some asexual people even will still have sexual intercourse with people it's just about not finding that sort of draw or drive or attraction to mm-hmm. that in regards to a specific person which is really interesting um and that's why sexuality is not celibacy a lot of people tend to think it is but it's not it's quite different um, yeah, lots of other things. <laughs> yeah, I think you can sort of get caught up there as well in, like, definitions of sex. Yeah. So are we just talking about genital contact or... Yeah, you know, exactly. ...secondary sexual 
parts <laughs> so on yeah. and so forth so yeah i don't yeah. think it it's different for everyone mm. the same way as sex is probably different for all sexual people in terms of totally. what mm-hmm. you define as sex and yeah oh i probably shouldn't mention bill clinton um, i did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that woman please define bill <laughs> but it does raise a point that mm. you know every, everyone's different and it also gets to this idea which i think we're getting to an understanding of for gender identity gender expression se- sexual orientation that you know they're not dots or lines they're a kaleidoscope of possibilities sounds the same within asexuality as well mm-hmm. absolutely which is um you know i think that that opens it up a lot and probably in its way you know cuts past you know the the rigidity what is it labels need to be descriptive not prescriptive i think is, mm, a, is a good exactly, call exactly yeah so that i think it's good that we've cleared that up and it's you know that it can be sort of varying degrees and varying possibilities so let's um this is where i'll definitely i'll put you all on the spot um <laughs> individual experiences and i'd like you know if everyone no well i should be serious everyone who feels comfortable to answer how did you come by asexuality when did you realize it was there a particular sort of light bulb moment um um, um well i personally um yeah. since about age 15, has been very, like, sexually confused. I didn't know... I thought that um, you had to either be straight or gay or bi, and I didn't feel like I identified with either any of them. Mm-hmm. But I felt like you had to be one of them. So for 10 years, I've been trying to search which one it has been. And so experimenting with males, females, but nothing ever felt right. Mm-hmm. And then um, one day my cousin was talking about her friend who was asexual, and I was like, oh, what, is, what does that mean? And then she explained it to me, and I was like, oh, I just thought in my head, I wonder if that's what I am. So then I jumped on the internet, came across the Avon um, Mm -hmm. website, and read all these um, forums, and I was like, wow, for the first time ever, I completely 100% identify with what this is about. So you just needed one person, a bit of connectedness, and then some resources, and the light bulb happened for you, Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, gosh, it's so often the case we still happening for people on things like gay, lesbian and bi and trans, of course. Um, and so in that sense, again, there's a parallel. Um, Emily? Yeah, um, I guess sort of a similar story in terms of I have been kind of uh, not sexually attracted to people throughout my life, but I've always been quite a sexual person. So, yeah. you know, I've always enjoyed sex with myself and been into um, kind of... Uh, cultures and communities that like explore sex like the queer community and like fan fiction and slash and all into all of that and even you know enjoying pornography and stuff like that um and so i just as i moved through adulthood i was kind of like oh i haven't had serious relationships what's wrong with me Mm. i don't enjoy sex what's wrong with me i can never get to the part of the relationships where we're comfortably having sex all the time and you know as um a teenager i was kind of like well, the idea of having sex with men is something that's definitely off the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm probably queer, I'm probably, you know, gay, and so, you know, I tried having sex with women and it didn't really do it for me that way, you know, love intimacy with women. And so, you know, in my um, late 20s, I was like, screw it, I'm going to experiment with men. <laughs> and I did, and I, I had kind of the same response mm. in terms of, you know, I want to make this person happy because I care about them, um, they seem to really enjoy sex, so... I'll do this for them, but, like, the kind of metaphor that I use is that um, 
sex for me is like nose picking. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Like it's kind of of really satisfying to do yourself, but the idea of picking someone else's nose or someone else's (laughs) is like no thanks. Like if that's your thing, then okay, but like no. So um, uh, actually, um, you know, being as part of those communities, like the concept of asexuality, had been something that's been on my radar since it sort of started to bubble up in the queer community, maybe in the past five or ten years, well, the spaces that I've been in. Um, And sort of, I guess, the catalyst for me was that, you know, I had this, well, I still have this long-term friend who, you know, I I love her just about more than anyone else in the world, and she's had a crush on me for a very long time. And we finally, like, got together. And I was like, if if I'm going to make this work with anyone, it's going to be her, because I adore her. She's very sexual. I love that about her. She's amazing. She's beautiful. And yet sex just still wasn't something that I enjoyed with her. And so I just was finally like, this is it. I'm asexual. And it was just such a relief. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. And like for the first time I feel comfortable yeah. <laughs> about my sexuality, I guess. Yeah. Mm, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, with me, I always knew that I had never been attracted to anyone Um and uh, that was just kind of a given for me, so I never identified as anything. I'm just like, yeah, there's not a word that describes what I am, so that's cool. Um, the first time I actually heard the word asexuality, though, though I didn't think, oh, that's me, because of the way it was presented um, was um, by one of, a teacher, one of my teachers in high school um, who made a comment about this guy who had been in my class the previous year but is had graduated um she said that and he was dating another girl in my class that year and um she's like oh I thought I thought he was asexual you know so why is he dating this person because um yeah you know he clearly I thought he just wanted to be on his own forever and I'm like oh okay so that's what asexual means you want to be on your own forever Mm. and that's the idea I had in my head and I'm like I don't I don't think that does mean me because I still really wanted to connect with people and um, to have really close relationships with people. Um, but when I actually just figured out that asexuality was relevant to me, um, it was at one point when my auntie from Queensland was visiting and she came in with this big rant about anyone who identifies as asexual must be... Um, <laughs> you know, have had some history of abuse or must have hormonal imbalances or stuff like that. And I'm like, that that absolutely cannot be right. So I'm doing all this research to prove her wrong. And as I'm doing my research, I'm like, huh, so what my teacher thought asexuality was isn't correct. Asexuality is just not experienced sexual attraction. That is 100% me. Um, <laughs> so I realised that um, then that, that was who I was and it was pretty much about two years ago. It's yeah. It's been cooler since. Yeah. Jordan. Well, uh, this story sort of starts in high school and I just remember watching all my friends go through, like, their sexual awakenings and, like, mm. I, I never went through that and I was just looking at all my friends seeing what they were going through and I was just thinking, when will it be my turn? And then I was just like, it, it never happened. And so, like, when I was 17, I came across the term pansexuality. And at first I thought, and at first I thought, like, 
maybe this is what applies to me because I, when I first read about it, it was just saying gender blindness. So I see maybe I just need to get to know someone and then I will start experiencing sexual attraction. But then when I was 18, I was in my first relationship and then I just, I just didn't become any more attracted to him. And it was mm. just like, so throughout this eight-month relationship, I was just like, I didn't have any urges. To, it's like it's not like I didn't find him attractive. I just wasn't experiencing that urge to do anything with him. Yeah. And so after the relationship en- ended and I was just thinking, am I broken? Am I, is something wrong with me? And then it wasn't until after the relationship I found the term asexuality. And I was thinking, wait, yeah, this 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 is what applies to me. So... So yeah, it was a, so I've been it's been about three years now since I figured that out. Yeah. And so yeah. And I just think listening to all four stories, there's that sense of light bulb, and then just inner inner peace that's come mm. through so mm-hmm. clearly. If you know, if you're running around mentally, running around in circles in your head, and then all of a sudden you find the right place, you can just sit and be, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We've got lots more to talk to Kath and Emily and Adele and Jordan about. But let's have um, some music and, uh, well, gosh, anyone had thought I'd pre-planned this program, here's Paul Kelly and, well, finding in a piece, but he won't be torn apart. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. You're on Out of the Pan with Sally and guests from the Melbourne Aces. People out there in the radio world, show some love to 3CR. You know, and if you're listening and enjoying the programs here, yeah, man, great radio station. It is how how it was built by community and the community ownership, and that's a powerful thing to have within community. So show some love, show some support, and please subscribe. From the north to the south to the east to the west, let the bullet take you home. Island style represent your soul to the flow. Love your set represent. Raise your pride to the sky. Love it like it's the best. My power bring it back home. Arts Express is a lively, innovative program on alternative theatre, cabaret, comedy, fringe events and festivals. Hosted by Valerie Farfalla on Thursday mornings from 10.30 till 11. For edgy performing arts news and interviews with actors, producers, directors, writers, musicians and their offsiders, tune in to Arts Express on Thursday mornings at 10.30 on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am, digital radio and streaming online at 3cr.org.au three CR eight five five AM digital three CR.org.au thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan with Sally on a Sunday afternoon or um, wherever you're listening could be on demand um, um, or on podcast or the do have a repeat on Wednesday mornings. Wherever you, wherever, however, whenever you're listening, thanks for tuning in. Prior to the messages, heard from Paul Kelly. I won't be torn apart. Um, how many of us need to find out the bit correct information about ourselves on all things? Um, that track, of course, from the legendary um, Paul Kelly and the Coloured Girls album Gossip, originally released in 1987, which, um, after Paul Kelly's post album, pushed him on to huge things. Um, well, um, we heard in the first segment about how Kath, Emily, Adele and Jordan were originally torn apart because they didn't have the right 
um, thing to connect with. And I think there was just so much that came out of that. We were discussing while we listened to Paul things about Hollywood images and, you know, that we're trying to be a more sex-positive society. But just the limited images we have in this area of, you know, heterosexual, romantic couple at restaurant, whatever, um, which make it so difficult. And also just cut, we live in such a coupled society, which I think is problematic that we, and, you know, we, I think there's a prejudice against singles of all sorts. So, you know, we think, I mean, we have to look at the prejudice against single mothers that can exist. So lots of um, sort of societal assumptions that are just not accurate. But let's go further into the, into the issue. Um, let's look at romantic and sexual orientation. Um, how is it experienced and how it corresponds or maybe doesn't correspond with sexual attraction? And I'll throw this to any or all who want to um, respond. Yeah, um, Sally, as you were saying that, I kind of wanted to interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I don't think asexuality um, equals singledom necessarily. It just yeah. means no sex. So, And I think that's probably a good segue into talking about romantic attraction mm. because... Um, you know, I have romantic attraction to people and have had relationships with people that I've really enjoyed that have kind of fallen apart because I don't want to have sex. And, um, you know, I have strong feelings towards people. They're just not pants feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's kind of, I guess, for me, the sort mm. of sum up of, of the kind of romantic attraction and, you know, um, though I love singledom and would be okay with being single for the rest of my life, I would also be okay yeah. with being in a relationship, having a long-term partner, that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. We do have a, you know, society puts a lot of assumptions on all of us that then, you know, can, you know lead to more confusion, um, which you've, you've, you've hit on quite rightly, that, you know, singledom, as you said, doesn't necessarily mean not... Um, that there's any degree, any there's no attraction at all, that sort of thing, or no romantic orientation. Um, who who else wants to chip in? Um, well, regarding what I said before, with my teacher's misconception that mm. asexuality meant, you know, being essentially someone who wants to be on their loan, uh, on their loan, <laughs> alone, <laughs> um, for, for the rest of their life, it isn't necessarily true and regarding me I'm predominantly aromantic meaning I don't really experience romantic attraction either as well as sexual attraction um but even then I still want strong connections with people in my life I want to mm. have people go through life with me and be with me as you know friends as all sorts of crazy kinds of relationships that happen um, that might not necessarily be romantic and might not necessarily be sexual. Um, and it's just really... It's it's a really interesting thing to see, even in the asexual community, how much diversity there is in regards to the kind of relationships people seek out and stuff like that. Very, very, very true. And I was thinking about that. I mean, look, I'm... That's sort of another angle, but I'm still... Um, diving deeper into the area of polyamory. Mm. And I've only just heard in the last few months, and I want to get someone in to talk about this, the concept of relationship anarchy, solo poly, those sorts of things. And I think, yeah, society, society, one thing we do is we tend to really, you know, God, we put things in boxes, surprise, surprise, but we Mm -hmm. do it with our connections to people. There's only intimate, there's only friendship and so on, and there's a big wall between each, a big silo for each. And, of course, it isn't. It's just so varied. 
Mm. And I really think that, you know, you're, you're hitting something there, and I think it can be the same in poly worlds as well. And, you know, there's, there's I'm going to have to have a, a process of all of this, but I just wonder, you know, there's, there seems like there's some degree of, of intersection between these things, which is, um, you know, I think going to um, get people thinking. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that relationship anarchy and that kind of model has a lot. Well, you know, if you can call anarchy a model, yeah. <laughs> has a, it has a lot to offer um, asexuals, I think, because, um, you know, it's challenging the idea that, you know, when we talk about sort of heteronormativity and monogamy and stuff like that, we're talking about the concept that you find someone and then that one relationship fills your, fulfills your primary mm. sexual, emotional, you know, all those relationship needs and then everything else is secondary. And the relationship anarchy is about, you know, it definitely there's a big intersection with polyamory in terms of I don't need one person to fulfill all that needs. I can have yeah. different people fulfilling those needs and fulfilling different roles. And then you kind of bring in asexuality and um, that's like, well maybe sexuality isn't necessarily one of the primary needs that we have and like romantic connection might be just emotional connection, that kind of thing. And the idea of, you know, bringing friendship back into this really primary spot and not necessarily like um, asexuals don't want partnerships or Mm. don't want that Mm. kind of connection. Um, But yeah, the idea that lots of different people, um, can be in your life and have those have that deep connection that is kind of diverged yeah. again from the heteronormative my yeah. one person for the rest of my life fulfills mm. all my needs kind yes. of things uh-huh. what man what woman in union for the rest of for the rest of our natural mm. lives Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and um oh, i'm tempted to say the old the old bad line about how do you organize an anarchist conference but anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably the anarchist programs on 3CR are going to be very annoyed at me for that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so did, yeah, just um, Catherine, Jordan. Yeah, um, well, I personally identify as grey um, romantic, which means I can only experience romantic attraction under very specific circumstances, and mm. even then, I may not. Um, I've only experienced romantic attraction a few times in my life, and I find that it doesn't. It just comes in waves. Like it just, um, mm-hmm. I can feel romantic attracted to them one day, but then I wake up and then it's not there anymore. Um, but I find that just because I'm romantically attracted to someone doesn't mean I'm sexually attracted to them. Yeah. Um, and I de- identify as, um, demisexual, which means I can only experience sexual attraction, uh, um, under very specific, oh, no, and, um, oh, sorry, after I've developed a very strong emotional bond with them. Mm. Um, so even though I'm, I've, um, I have developed a strong emotional bond to them, I may not feel romantically attracted to them. Yeah. So I don't know, it's... <laughs> No, it's strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, look again. A, f- a fair point. Um, you know, the the thing that got me exploring polyamory was um, someone who said it's about that emotional connection. And I th- again, the, the Hollywood sort of images that come up that are so badly stereotypical that can hit so many people in so many ways. Jordan, mm. did you have anything you want to throw? No obligation, of course. Uh, at the moment, like I identify as pan romantic. <laughs> which is sort of corresponds with pansexuality. Like, I'm, like, I have that ability to be romantically attracted to any possible gender. Like, like mm-hmm. pansexuality is sexual attraction to any possible gender. So, but, I don't know, I haven't really experienced any sort of romantic connection. Like, so sorry to that boyfriend I had at 18. <laughs> <laughs> Like the, la- I, like, the last time I fell in love was when I was 12. 
but I haven't really experienced that romantic connection to anyone yet. So, um, so like, so, 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 so I suppose I'm sort of selectively identifying as pan romantic. Yeah. So I'm just open-minded to whatever love form, whatever form love loves come, love comes in. All right, look, there's still much more we can talk about, Si, if it's okay with you, if you're not having to race off to appointments, if you want to hang in for another segment, let's do that. But we have, um, proving, of course, the amazing creativity of people in our world, um, Adele, I'm going to hand over to you because we've got a track that you created. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, Essentially created this song, um... I created this song with a friend from California in the States Um, um, over internet collaborations and stuff like that. And um, we wanted a a song that would be a sort of anthem for the asexual community, and we came up with this. So, yeah. Came up with Asexy. We'll tell people how they can um, get it after we hear it. Mm -hmm. Let's have a listen to Asexy. You're on 3CR discussing asexuality on Out of the Pan, 3CR 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au. 3CR 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au, Out of the Pan with Sally and Kath, Emily, Jordan and Adele from um, Melbourne Aces, I'll say, and Associates. And we just heard Adele's internet collaboration Gosh, an oldie like me always wondered at um, you know Elton John and Bernie Taupin writing their songs in two rooms. One would do the lyrics and one would do the music. You've done it over the internet. I've got to catch up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, of course, anything's possible um, yeah. in this world, which is, um, yeah, I'm just, um, yeah, um, yeah it's, a wi- it's a wide world full of possibilities. And I, I just, I'll say outright, I'm... I'm learning heaps today and it's personally and as a, a presenter and this is just, you know, I just say out right now, this is this is great. So, again, thanks for coming in and we're not finished yet. <laughs> we wanted to talk about aesthetic attraction, perhaps define that, how it's experienced and how it corresponds and maybe doesn't correspond with romantic and sexual attraction. So, again, any or all who want to dive in. Well, aesthetic attraction is like, the appreciating of a person's looks or, you know, but without connecting it to sexual attraction. So yeah. So some people can look at anyone and just, you know, you can see that they're attractive, but other, like, I know some within the asexual community don't experience aesthetic attraction. So, like, I identify as panacea, so I can look at anyone and just sort of, like, see the beauty so right now I'm sitting in a room full of beautiful people. <laughs> I'm not <Flashing>. feeling anything. <laughs> well, I feel things when I look at beautiful people and, like, I hadn't heard of aesthetic attraction before today. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely something that I totally experienced. Like I said before, you know, I appreciate pornography and so on and so forth and have always had massive TV crushes and celebrity crushes and things like that as well as finding the people around me you know you see someone on the tram and you're like your breath is taken away but yeah like I said no pants feels <laughs> I definitely feel the same way I see some people that are absolutely gorgeous and it's like wow but I don't know if I really want to have sex with them or anything or I don't at all but I still appreciate how amazing they are and yeah 
I do feel something. I find I'm more aesthetically attracted to, like, a style someone has. Like, I saw this guy on the train on the way here with this gorgeous jacket. And I'm like, that jacket is amazing and you look amazing in it. But if, like, that person wasn't wearing that jacket, I don't know whether or not they would have caught my attention. (laughs) So it's just a really sort of interesting thing. And it's just the kind of, like... It's like appreciating a beautiful work of art, and you can have that for a person, or you can have that for anything that just looks gorgeous. And yeah, yeah. And I don't think for me, like, um, it's not just cerebral. Like, it's mm. not just like I'm a I'm a rational person. I can appreciate art and beauty, but like, I do have physical feelings yeah. about it. And you know, recently, because I only really. Um, realized I was asexual in the past few years and so um before I was kind of like oh that's a beautiful person I must want to have sex with them because I'm feeling this thing and I've been kind of pushing it so I'm like you know um I see this beautiful person on the tram just even like you know the way their hair curls on the back of their neck like I just have this physical feeling of like adoration or attraction or whatever and I'm like then I, like, make myself think about their genitals, <laughs> which sounds awkward enough. But then I'm like, oh, no. So it's sort of, like, been interesting for me to kind of experiment internally. Like, yes, I'm feeling these physical feelings, like, in my chest yeah. or in my belly or something. But yeah. And I definitely feel like even, like, appreciating art is not, a, like, at least for me, I am an artist and I don't just have this intellectual idea of mm-hmm. art. I, like, really physically connect with anything like even like a beautiful sunset I'm like completely with my whole being I can feel something and Mm. it's just amazing um (laughs) that doesn't mean I want to go have sex with the sunset but um (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to run with that when I put the podcast up I think I might use that as my headline I was going to use the nose picking one but I think that one's better the sunset while you're picking your nose. Gay <laughs> yes. sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, um, hang on. Does it harm anyone else? No. <laughs> but I think, you know, I'm getting a feeling of a real depth of feeling and, and thinking and processing from all of you, which I think in a sometimes shallow world we could do with more of the sort of um, approach that the four of you are taking. Mm. Yeah. Um, so did anyone, did, I, did anyone get a chance to say who wanted to talk about um, aesthetic? Yeah, cool. So asexual activism, um, you know, um, um, Adele, you were saying you've been on a couple of panels. Um, you yeah. also got Rad, Rad Sex and Consent Week coming up this week out at La Trobe this time. It's been at Melbourne before. Oh, well, I'm not speaking at La Trobe this time, but I know they are doing something this week. Um, but I did speak at, in, yeah. at Melbourne last year, which was really, really great because we had the giant discussion panel afterwards and people got really interested and had really amazing questions but um yeah I've also done that song and a couple of other songs that pertain to asexuality and other queer identity things um as a part of a project I started called Queer Sounds and I also Mm. vlog um I haven't in a while but I used to vlog really regularly for um a YouTube channel called Ace Ideas and um yeah, I've actually made a video I have to upload at some point for that. Um, but yeah, um, so I feel like it's important to do these kinds of things because like Jordan was saying before about feeling sort of broken and when you don't know what asexuality is and having that sort of awareness out there so people don't have to feel like that so everyone can know who they are and feel safe and supported and 
when you have the weird people who have all these misconceptions, you have the supports to know how to rebut them or um, to show that there's someone else like you out there, something like that. Yeah. I think that's very important. Mm. I know I'm thinking for trans and gender diverse people at the moment, the shortage of almost total lack of knowledgeable and sensitive health professionals is critical. And, you know, it's going to make this, this will make me slip something in on uh, making sure that we remind that trans people could be asexual and that's perfectly okay when mm-hmm. we start, finally get to hopefully getting some sort of funding to do a training module or something. I think it's important we recognise intersectionality and uniqueness for everyone. And so, yeah, look, that is, you know, awesome that all that is happening and also, again, asexuality resources at avenavn.org yeah. um, is another thing. The last thing, I suppose, then, allyship. We talk about it a lot. You know, we talk about so-called gay-straight alliances um, at being allied to, tra- to trans people. What can people who will say, I'll say don't identify as or with any or all of the things we've talked about but are just supportive, empathic, respectful people, what can... Um, people do to be support you know positive towards asexual people under this we'll say umbrella i think that um it's interesting like talking about uh activism and ally allyship allydom whatever it is 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 kind of um almost packaged up together because you know um as i said earlier like i've always been part of the queer community and um, you know, lots of people around me are queer, I attend queer events, so on and so forth. Like I said before, like at least 50% of people I know also know Sally. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I think, uh, you know, the same thing that it comes down to, you know, where to start? Like, I think when people, when we're talking about the queer community, it's of, often people, to, it's, there's a, oh, there's a hierarchy. Mm. It's gay cisgendered men and Mm. then it's kind of lesbians Mm. and then trans trans and bisexual people and trans and bisexual people are still fighting for visibility and Mm. recognition in that space Mm. and then like asexuality is like way down the bottom of the pile there and it's interesting like i saw um some people posting like a supportive um you know photo of themselves holding a sign on facebook or something that was using the a in LGBTQA, or as I prefer to call it, quilt bag. Yes. That's my favourite. I just love that. I love quilt bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, using A to, to talk about being an ally, and I'm like, that's not what the A stands for, mm. like, seriously. And, um, you know, I was talking earlier when we were on a music break about how um, I always, I've always kind of felt a bit alienated at queer events like mm. Melbourne Queer Film Festival mm. and Midsummer and things like that because so much of... Um, queer identity is about sex. Like, mm. you're a lesbian because you have sex with women and are sexually attracted to women. And, um, you know, that just kind of completely invisibilizes, invisibilizes um, asexuality. And so, you know, a lot of those events are about sex positivity in terms of sex. Yay, mm. sex. Sex is great. This movie is about women having sex or men having sex or that kind of thing. And so I think... Um, there's the, the the fight, as it were, is on a couple of fronts. One is within kind of the the queer community, and one is you know with wider society. So wider society is going to be like, were you abused as a child? You know, why are you being celibate? You just need to find the right man slash woman, which you know are, are all arguments that we know from, you know, earlier days of 
you know, gay rights movements and trans rights and that kind of thing. But yeah, just having visibility within queer community to say that, you know, the A in quilt bag does stand for asexual, like we are a part of this group. Can we have some asexual programming mm. in this? Which I know is like trans rights have fought for a lot in yeah. in MQFF and and so forth. Um that would be so awesome. Like yeah. I said, one of the reasons that I came here was to just like meet a bunch of asexual people, <laughs> um, which I can't really do elsewhere. I mean, you know, we've got the meetup, which is Melbourne Aces. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in terms of just like going to a community event, there's not really any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be good to have more spaces for asexual people and less sort of assumptions about mm. what asexuality means. Um, because I see it all the time in queer spaces, outside of queer spaces, that everyone sort of assumes that this is what asexuality is. Um, mm. The old, good old, um, oh, that person's asexual. Damn, I was going to ask them out. It's like I feel it's kind of up to that person to decide whether or not they're going to go mm. out with you rather than you to decide just because they're asexual, they're just automatically not. That's completely out of it. Yeah. Things like that. You're like, a life without sex does not mean a life without love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, of any type of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps we might say a lot, it doesn't mean a life without touch either. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all exactly. sorts of ways to get touch and that sort of thing as well, which is cool. Actually, some of the ACE meetups I've been to have been the most cuddly places I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Everyone's hugging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it just sort of descends into a cuddleology. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think there's a cuddle party on in Melbourne this afternoon, um, which is a good, a good place to be. All right, better to try and get to the end because we've been to run out of time. So I've got another track, a couple of messages, then we'll come back, wrap it up, also just talk about events that are coming up in um, and around the rainbowish type community um, for the next week or so. Um, so let's have a listen. Um, yep, um, this will wrap people up. This is the Cosmic Nomads from the Damage album. And, well, despite all the mislabeling we all go through, we're all still alive. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally and guests, um, Catherine, Emily, Adele and Jordan from Melbourne Aces. Do you support more renewable energy for Australia? Want to see more clean tech jobs here in Victoria? Do you want politicians to do what it takes to tackle global warming? You do? Then how about joining the Yes to Renewables team at an informal campaign info night? Come along to find out more about the barriers stalling the rollout of renewables. Meet the team behind Victoria's most energised renewable energy campaign and find out how you can support our work. When? Next Tuesday, April 21st from 6.30 till 8pm. And where could we find you? At Friends of the Earth at 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. Friends of the Earth is a supporter of 3CR Community Radio. Grow and grow some more. Grow it out the door. 3CR, 855 AM, digital3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally and the crew from, um, part of the crew, I should say, um, from the Melbourne Aces. Um, wow, there's just so much diversity in our community and it's good to, to talk about it. Let's have a look at some of the diverse things that are coming up during the week. Um, this afternoon, if you're listening on the Sunday, the Butch Femme Trans Group meet at 3pm at Hairs and Hyenas Bookshop. Um, Alphabet Soup, I n- might have to check their Facebook page, um, but it is usually on the third 
Tuesday of the month at Dan Bar at um, Northcote. Bed TV's on Friday night um, at uh, your place, um, or it's on YouTube or um, bedtv.org.au. Um, one thing that isn't happening this week, um, being with Saturday the 25th, is the Trans Family Support Group will not be on due to the public holiday. Haven't checked at this stage on the Trans Anxiety Group, so check in via Transgender Victoria on that one. And next Sunday, the 26th, is the Poly Social at Polukaville. Well, we've got to wrap it up quickly. Look, I just can't thank the four of you enough. I just think this is, you know, I've just learned heaps today, and I hope it's been great for our listeners. Any final thoughts, I suppose? Anything we forgot to cover? Anything while you were sitting listening to um, the Cosmic Nomads and I'm Still Alive or anything like that where you thought, oh, we didn't mention? Was there any, any of those moments? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think uh, talking about allies again, I guess if you, what I would want to say is if you want to be a good ally, then talk about this more. Yeah. I would talk about this to everyone. You know, if you're having a conversation and someone's, you know, being a jerk in terms of talking about someone being celibate or frigid or were they abused or something, you know, the same with all other kind of oppressions and discriminations, like yeah. speak up. And you know, educate yourself. Yeah, yeah. You've you've hit a hit a nail on the head there about intersectionality. There is so much in common. We could we could explore another time, perhaps. Where does it all come from? The same place. I think a lot of it does. Mm. Um, so I think that's good to talk about. And even if perhaps if you, my guess is if someone hears something they're not sure about, say, have you checked some good resources on asexuality? Let's just mention all those again. Um, well, if you want to find out some more about asexuality, you just you can Google, Google AVEN, which is the Asexual Visibility and Education Network. So it's a it's a big forum. So you, there are there are like a few thousand members on there. Mm. So you can always find someone to talk to. And they have a wiki as well, which is really great because there are heaps and heaps of different terms like you know demisexual grey a all those words to describe different aspects so the wiki is a great place to go to yeah educate yourself yeah um if you're in victoria or around melbourne there's also the meetup groups that happen here um a few of us have been to them quite a few times and it's just great to meet other asexual people if you are asexual yourself um you can find them on meetup.com or there's also a thread about it on Avon if you look in the meetup section of Avon. Um, yeah. Could you just Google um, Melbourne Aces? Yeah, that yeah. would probably come up. The meetup site will come up. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Which, so. is, which is how I found you all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where to look. So, and mm. if you want to download um, the great track we heard, um, queersounds.bandcamp.com. So just queer, perhaps a search engine, Queer Sounds Bandcamp and Asexy, and I think it would come up. Yeah. Um, look, can't thank you enough, but the sad part is we've run out of time. Um, so, look, stay in touch. Um, you know, um, you don't have a, a scheduled event, but um, we'll, we'll make sure that we keep plugging um, the ACEs um, throughout the community announcements um, on a regular basis just for people to stay in touch. Um, and as I say, let's just all keep talking and yeah, communicating totally, about it. Definitely. And I think we're away. So, um, Catherine, Emily, Adele and Jordan, thanks heaps for coming in. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks Thank you. for having us. All right. Wrap it up today. Um, gosh, it's getting a bit chilly out there. 
Um, so I thought I'd take it out today with um, Katrina and the Waves. Their greatest hits album was called Walking on Sunshine, but something else that could warm you up, maybe a dose of red wine and whiskey. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch ya next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.